when you're writing content for websites, the ones that make the most money, we call roundups. So like I mentioned before, best wireless router, best wireless keyboard, best fat burner, stuff like that. These are very, very buyer intent heavy. All these kind of keywords, if you write content and you're getting high positions on Google, like these, these convert. Matt Diggity started out working 60-hour weeks as an engineer in Silicon Valley, but he quickly tired of the rat race and wanted a career that would give him freedom to travel. He found that with his affiliate marketing business, LeadSpring. Today, he's a digital nomad who makes a six-figure passive income as a search engine optimization specialist. I'm Alex Freeman, your host, and on today's episode, you'll learn how Matt started his affiliate marketing business and how you can follow in his footsteps. Let's go start the conversation. Matt, thanks for joining us on the show. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's let's get started with the story. When and why did you start LeadSpring? Yeah, as you just mentioned, so I was an electrical engineer and I went to school for it, master's degree, the whole thing. And I was living in San Diego and I knew like in the first week of work that it wasn't going to be sustainable. Just back pain I'd never had in my life just from sitting in a cubicle for 60 hours a week. It, like that started triggering. But as the years started to go by, I, I saw my my path and I saw that I wasn't super interested in resistors, capacitors, and electrons. And uh, I saw the career path and the people that were more senior than me were no more happy than I was. And so I, I knew I needed to get out of that somehow. Around the same time, one of my buddies passed me the four-hour work week and I read that. I ended up going up to, to meetup.com that was discussing the book. And it was kind of like an accountability group where people would be talking about their projects that they're trying to make passive income and uh, fuel their lifestyles and stuff like that. And everyone at the time was doing affiliate marketing. So I was just like, okay, let's, let's do affiliate marketing and learn how to create a website, learn how to find an offer and put it up on a website. And I fell in love with it. I think it's the gamer in me that just likes this, this idea of things working for you based on the systems that you've built. And also like everything I do is, is on Google, right? And Google is the leaderboard. That's just really appealing for, to a gamer. So uh, affiliate marketing feels like one of those terms that anytime you bring up passive income, somebody throws it in there, whether or not they actually understand what they're saying. So could you give us a brief summary of, of what it is and how it works uh, so that we can have a, a strong baseline for the rest of the conversation? Absolutely. So yeah, think of affiliate marketing as, as you're like a salesperson. And what do salespeople do? They get people to buy products and then they receive a commission. So the affiliate marketing is just done digitally. So you would be recommending products or reviewing products in your content, whether that be on a website or a YouTube channel or you know TikTok or whatever, recommend a product. And if someone clicks a link, that link is tracked with a cookie. We call these special affiliate links. And then if they buy something eventually, you get credited a commission. And that could be anywhere between three to 60% of the, the retail price. That actually might be the, the most clear definition I've ever heard of what affiliate <laughs> marketing is. So thank you for that. Nailed it. Um, when, you, when you first got started, um, how did you initially grow that revenue? And, and what tips do you have for someone who might be looking to grow quickly in the, in the affiliate marketing realm? Yeah, for me, like the modality I use to promote affiliate links or promote content is SEO. So I write content or get content written that goes up on websites and 
those websites, if if I'm doing a good job with my search engine optimization, they get exposure on Google, they get higher up on the search rankings, like for various keywords, like best wireless router or review of ExpressVPN, something like that. And they just get more traffic that way. So th- there's a, a few different ways to go about growing. One is you do better SEO and ex- instead of ranked number 15 for keywords, you rank number one, or you make more websites. So you double down and you make more websites and more niches and you expand that way. What does your average monthly revenue look like today? And what are kind of the profit margins on that? So bear in mind, I have a few businesses. LeadSpring, the ones you mentioned before, which is the affiliate marketing business, that's doing six figures per month revenue and the profit margins are are pretty good. Depending on how new a project is, when you first start making a new website, you're going, you're in the red. So you're making zero profit, but eventually it turns around and, and a mature project can be 70 to 80% profit. But I have other businesses. I have an agency that does seven figures a year. I have a, a course that does seven figures a year, a conference, which is, yeah, <laughs> that's a different animal in itself. But yeah, the what we're talking about right now, the affiliate stuff is, is uh, you could say six figures a month. And, and what are, so, you know, obviously profit margins implies that there are expenses that you're covering. What are some of those expenses that someone should be prepared for when they get started? The cool thing about affiliate marketing, at least the way that I'm doing it, and and I would I would assume that this is the same if you're just doing affiliate marketing on as trying to be an influencer on TikTok or YouTube or something like that, is it's very very easy to start. It doesn't it doesn't take much. So you could start a blog, register a domain name, which might be like sixty dollars for a year, and get a monthly hosting package, which is like nine ninety nine per month, and you can get started. Now, bear in mind, you will be the one writing all the content. So that becomes a drag and eventually you'll want to outsource that. And that can cost, um, I don't know, in terms of like starting a website from scratch, if you didn't want to do any work yourself, you could probably get enough content for about 4000 to $6,000 to get up and running. Um, so content is one part of the equation. The other part is backlinks. So like in a nutshell, SEO is content and backlinks. So the backlink costs, again, you can do this yourself too. You can do your own outreach to different blogs and offer them value in exchange for a backlink. That's one way, or you can just buy them. So it's a it's a broad spectrum. You can you can get started for less than a hundred dollars, but you can also invest ten thousand dollars on your first site and have it completely done without you lifting a finger. Then we get into like, as you, as you start to scale up, you're going to want staff involved. You're going to want, um, you know, managers and editors and stuff like that. But at the bare minimum, it's pretty easy to start. So with that, with those, that kind of startup plan laid out there, what are the key steps from there to, to get off the ground and start to scale up? Everything boils down to content and links once you start doing the SEO, but we got to rewind back before that. The, step one, you start with choosing a niche, right? So when you're building a website, we're not just going to make a website about things in general. Google rewards when you start to theme down into and become a subject matter expert on a topic. So it's good to pick a niche. Um, That could be fitness, that could be technology, gadgets, that could be very niche down to, like I mentioned before, just routers. Like you could have a, a website just about routers. But after you select your niche, then it's about keyword research. So what are people searching for? What are the keywords that people are typing to Google to to land on your topic? Then it's content production. So producing content that addresses each of these keywords. And then finally, backlinks. Backlinks are the foundation to Google's algorithm. Google founder Larry Page 
published the page rank algorithm, which is basically says backlinks are a big ranking factor or a major indicator of what should be valuable in a search engine. And because he doubled down on that facet, that's why Google's Google. It was a great ranking factor, and that's why Google gives the best results. When someone decides on their niche and they they start to go there, where are the top affiliate programs for someone who's getting started that are going to give them the best the best rates for those leads? Okay, I'm, I'm going to say something controversial. I, I think most people you would ask would say Amazon is the best place to start, which is kind of true because it takes zero brain power to start an Amazon. Everything's sold on Amazon, so like you're going to find any product you want to sell there, especially if it's physical. But Amazon's terrible because the margins are crap. You're getting 3% commission in some categories, which is like hardly worth the effort. Right? If you're selling something that's only $10, you're making no money, right? You'd have to sell a billion of those things to make any money. And also, like another thing about Amazon is that so many people assume that because the commissions are so bad, it must be easy. The hardcore affiliates and the best of the best would never touch Amazon. So it's a good, great place for beginners to start. But so many beginners think that, that actually it's over, it's flooded with competition, right? So I highly recommend avoiding Amazon. So instead, there's different affiliate networks like ShareSale or Impact that are collections of different affiliate products. And you can just browse through there and find supplements or find software or things like this, which have high margins and less competition too. Are there any particular skills or background experience that someone needs to be successful in affiliate marketing? Well, yeah, I mean, at least the way I do it, SEO, you have to understand SEO and how search engines work and what to feed Google and in order to make them like your website. So And beyond SEO, like what makes a good SEO, being detail-oriented, data-driven, left brain type stuff. Also, I think at a certain point, you know, like affiliate marketing is is a lot of problem solving. When we're working against algorithms, algorithms behave in interesting ways. So, and they change quite often. So you really have to look at your business as in a problem solving fashion. And I guess that's entrepreneurship in general. So yeah, it does take a certain measure of traditional entrepreneurship, problem solving, hiring and management skills, et cetera. If someone does want to get started and doesn't know SEO, what what are your tips for the best way to go learn SEO? I would have to say there's a there's a few ways and some of them are going to be more effective than others. I think just jumping on YouTube and start YouTubing stuff and finding like there's so much really good value on YouTube that's given away for free, right? The problem with YouTube is that it's scattered, right? Like it's, you'd have to piecemeal stuff together. You also have to sift through who's, who's giving incorrect information and who's giving the real, the real juice, right? The other route would be a course, right? The, the advantage of a course is it's linear, right? You start here and you end here and it's all kind of put together in a step-by-step fashion. You're going to save time with the course, but of course, courses most likely have a cost, at least if they're good. And on that note, to our listeners, you can find a lot of actionable advice on how to start a business from scratch and grow it to six figures and beyond on the Upflip blog. Find it at upflip.com slash blog or click the link in the description of this episode. Matt, since you got started, how has affiliate marketing changed in in your time in the business? <laughs> Literally nothing <laughs> is the same since uh, 2009. Anything that I would have done to make uh, to, as an SEO task or an SEO maneuver in 2009 would penalize a website today. <laughs> That's it's just like Google's algorithm is constantly changing. And at, at the end of the day, like people who are trying to rank websites on Google 
will do whatever's most cost effective for them to get the best result right now. And a lot of times like that would mean you don't hire the writer from Stanford that has a, a PhD in whatever like you're writing about, right? Or you don't only get backlinks from Forbes.com at that level and that level. But what it really means is, you know, sometimes you're you're buying backlinks or sometimes you're you're using writers that aren't subject matter experts. And then as the Google algorithm gets better over time, what was working today doesn't work tomorrow. It's just a constant race of trying to stay ahead of the algorithm and, and also predict what will they go after next. Say, so how do you how do you stay ahead of the algorithm in that way? Is that just constantly keeping an eye on your sites and when you start to fall down the rankings, figuring out why? Yeah, so like that's a reactive approach, right? You A Google update would come out, you have a portfolio of 10 sites, two sites go down or decrease in traffic. So then you, you try to debug and see, okay, what's what's special about these two sites compared to everything else or compared to all the other websites in my same niche that went up? So there's it's a reactive debug, but also you can, you can do correlation tests. So uh, if you monitor... 1,000 to 10,000, 20,000 websites on the internet, a core update comes out and you see what websites went up and what websites went down. And then you monitor like, okay, what are the the factors in common between the ones that went up? Well, they all had these type of backlinks. They had this this level of keyword density and all these stuff. So it, take, it takes a lot of data. It takes a lot of tracking. So I find that it's good to have a network of data-minded people around you because no single person could could do all the testing and all the experimentation in order to understand the algorithm just by themselves. But as a community and collaborating together, yeah, people can figure things out together. It just takes nearly as much work to understand the algorithm as to just build the websites in the first place. And are you using any specific tools to track those SEO results? Yeah, so in terms of um, what I just t- talked about with correlation studies and stuff, some, stuff like that, that's something that I don't do, but the people in my network do. I do something called single variable testing, which is would be like, let's say we had a bunch of test websites on the internet and like 10, 10 test websites that only exist to try to figure out what Google's doing underneath it. So on five of them, I'll try something new. So I'll try, let's change the titles on all these posts to have 50% more keyword density and do something different here. Does that result in these five websites increasing past the five websites that were in the control group? So that's that's the difference in what I do. And in terms of tools to do something like that, you basically just need what's called a rank tracker. So it's, these are tools that will monitor websites for their positions on Google for various keywords. And beyond that, are there other tools that affiliate marketers should be using to to optimize their SEO? Oh yeah, absolutely. So the ones I wouldn't couldn't live without that I would probably just quit SEO if they stopped working is first Surfer. Now bear in mind I'm an investor in this tool, but I highly I'm an investor because I really love it. But Surfer is a data-driven content editor. So what it does is if you want to write a, a piece of content on the best wireless keyboard, then it's going to look at what are the articles already ranked in the top positions on Google for best wireless keyboard and extract out what are the things that are getting it to the top positions. You know, like when you're when kids bowl, they have those bumper lanes on the side, so really they can't miss. It's kind of like that for, for writers. 
And then the other tool I like is Ahrefs, which is good for competitor analysis. So you can just plug in competitor websites or websites that are doing well in your niche and you extract out what are all the keywords they rank for, what are all the backlinks they have, and stuff like that. What are some SEO don'ts that people should be avoiding? (laughs) (laughs) Like almost anything. I guess you just don't want to do anything that makes it look like you're manipulating the algorithm. And at the end of the day also, what I'm doing on a full day basis from from nine to five is manipulating the algorithm, but you just don't want to do things that are obviously detectable as doing that. So some things would be like just building spammy backlinks, um, going to Fiverr, looking at a gig and seeing 5,000 backlinks for $5, let's get started. No, that will almost guaranteed penalize your site. Other things were like, you know, like copying content from other websites and just claiming it is yours. Like Google can detect that. Interestingly enough, we we do have this advent of AI content coming out, AI content writers, and Google seems to be struggling with um, how to detect that. So at least that works for now. But th- this is going back to what I talked about, you know, how has SEO changed? Right now, AI content generator is working, but will it work forever? Who knows? So what types of content are you using to connect with customers? And which of those are generating the most engagement and sales? When you're writing content for websites, the ones that make the most money, we call roundups. So like I mentioned before, best wireless router, best wireless keyboard, best protein powder, best fat burner, stuff like that. These are very, very buyer intent heavy. So someone's Googling best this or best that, they're ready to buy whatever it is. They want to figure out what's the best one so they can buy it immediately, right? So those are the the best ones and they have the highest search volume. So they convert well and they have high search volume. Next would probably be like specific reviews like Samsung XF4 monitor review, right? So that one's not as buyer oriented. You know, someone's interested in a product, they want to see a review of it, but they could be reviewing multiple products. So it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to buy something, but those are pretty good. Then we have like versus keywords like Samsung XFC plus versus XF9 or something like that. All these kind of keywords, if you write content and you're getting high positions on Google, like these, these convert in that order. And you made you made mention of you know picking a niche um, if you're going to get started with affiliate marketing. Uh, obviously, what that then comes to is you know what is going to be the customer base for that niche. How do you go about evaluating what is going to be a good niche to invest time in? Here's another controversial point of view, but this is really what's worked for me in the past. And I've, I've tried all the other ways and I've got burnt by them. Like what I'll, I'll say what not to do is I don't believe in follow your passion. One of my passions is yoga. Guess what? Yoga makes no money because it costs $15 to start yoga when you buy a yoga mat. You're done, right? So there's no money flowing around in the yoga niche. So what I do instead is I look at what's already working, right? So there's marketplaces like Flippa, for example, where you can log in and you can see websites that are selling and you can see the domain names and you can see how much they make. So I don't have to guess anymore. I can just go to Flippa and see, okay, this uh, power washing niche, it's, it's like I can see this website and they put a decent amount of effort in there, but they're making $10,000 a month. That seems like good ROI. Let's move into that. Mm. That's great. So stepping outside of specifically affiliate marketing for a second, you mentioned that you have a lot of different streams of revenue. So I'm curious what you do on a day-to-day basis. How do you manage your workflow and your finances? So what I do on a daily basis is these days is mostly just meetings. So 
Personally, I'm not doing much SEO anymore. I haven't logged into WordPress for maybe a couple of years, but I have teams around me and we have weekly meetings. I have one-on-ones with all my direct reports. We manage things with various tools. So as I mentioned, I have various businesses and each one seems to like a different project management tool. So I'm on Trello, I'm on Slack, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on all of them. But um, that's pretty much what it is. Like these days, it's just, it's just meetings. And seems to be working. Every once in a while, I'll get my hands dirty because I still have to understand SEO. I still have to, I, I still have a course, so I still have to really understand how it works. But most of the, the nitty gritty that I do, getting my hands dirty, involves around SEO testing, setting up experiments, like I mentioned before, and figuring out what are the loopholes that still exist in the algorithm. So that's going to bring us to a section of our show that we call our Fan Blitz questions. So to our listeners out there, these questions come from our YouTube community channel. So join the YouTube community, find Upflip on YouTube, and you can pose questions for future guests. So for these next seven or so questions, just quick 10-second hit answers. Here we go. Faison Ali is asking, do we need a blog or audience on social media platforms to start affiliate marketing? Yeah, I, I think there's no other alternative. You have to have a website or a blog. Hendrik Otto is asking, how would you start if you had to start from scratch now? I made a video on this recently on my YouTube channel, but essentially that what it is wrapped up is like, I'd start a content service. I'd start a service that writes content for other people, and I'd start to scale that up to get some kind of cash flow going. And then once that, that content service is running, I could also just use that content, these writers and this whole system for my own stuff. Abdel Jalil Wianaim is asking, what can you advise beginners in starting affiliate marketing? Making a plan and sticking to it, right? So as I mentioned before, affiliate marketing, at least SEO, is content and backlinks. So making a plan, I want to write 10 pieces of content per month. I want to get five backlinks and sticking to it because that's, that's the key. As long as you can get that engine going, you'll get results eventually. Hungry Club is asking, who taught you what you know? Well, so when I started, forums were the way to learn things. I took a lot of courses. I did have the blessing of having a mentor in the beginning, which helped me really sidestep a lot of pitfalls. What's the craziest risk you've ever taken? Probably starting a conference. We used to do these mastermind events in Chiang Mai. So I would gather some of the world's top SEOs every year. And then one year we decided, like, why can't everyone join this? And I was like, you're, you're right. Why not? So we started a conference and that almost killed me. What was the final thing that pushed you to start working on the business? Like when I finally quit my job and left the U.S., then I had no more excuse. And I had to learn how to make money. And I had all the time in the world to figure out how to do it. Last blitz question here. If you had to start everything over, what's the one lesson you would want to remember? It's not all going to fall apart instantaneously. I remember always feeling lucky in that every day could be the first day that everything would just fall apart. That was a stress that lived in my mind. And I would, I would say I was successful in spite of that, not because of that. Those are our Fan Blitz questions. Again, join the YouTube community. Go find us on YouTube at Upflip and pose questions for future podcast guests. Matt, a few more questions from me here. Let's say an affiliate marketer's content is getting a lot of views, but not converting sales. What's the first thing they should do to boost that conversion? 99% chance it's the offer itself. So like you can do conversion rate optimization and you, know, you can change button colors, you can change the copy and stuff like that. But most likely it's just the offer that sucks. That's where 99% of your leverage is. So there are, there are a lot of affiliate marketers out there. You've, you've, you haven't hidden that fact. Uh, how does your company stand out from the rest and why is it effective? When you're doing affiliate marketing on Google, it's, it's just all about SEO. Like my company, LeadSpring, you won't find much information at all. So it doesn't need to stand out. 
but it's our websites, it's our portfolio that needs to stand out and get more traction than the competitors. And what that boils down to is just just more SEO, um, rank higher for more keywords. You've made mention of, of Google penalties during this interview, but can you more specifically tell us what happens when an affiliate marketer gets penalized by Google? There's a couple of different penalties. One is manual penalties, and there's two different versions that are really common. One is unnatural backlinks, and the other is pure spam, which is a content-based penalty. And when you get hit by a manual penalty, you go from like 100% traffic to 5% traffic. They just slap a filter on you, and you're just, you're just screwed until you fix it. The good thing about a manual penalty is you can appeal it, so you can fix what you did wrong, and they'll remove it, and you'll go back to where you were before. Then there's algorithmic penalties, which can happen any day of the week. Google does big core updates on their algorithm. I would say they've done about three or maybe even four so far this year. And what happens there is like you're going to lose traffic, but it's not going to be all of it. You could lose 10%. You can lose 50%. You can even gain an algorithm updates. So a lot of our, our sites double in traffic during the updates. The challenge there is you don't know what got you. And when they do their updates, they don't change one thing at a time. They change like almost everything. So you need to do a complete website audit and assume it's anything and everything that could have been the the reason that your website tanked. Are there any safeguards or strategies that an affiliate marketer can put into place to stay ahead of, of Google penalties? A lot of people assume that, at least with affiliate marketing, like Google's given out release notes saying that if you want to succeed with product reviews and stuff like that, you need to buy the product and there should be proof of it on your website. So if I'm re- reviewing ping pong tables, um, am I really supposed to go buy 14 different ping pong tables and store them in my house and test them out with my friends and really comment on how good they are? So most people don't do that. But some people assume that this is something that you have to do and they're doing this stuff. They're going out and buying all this stuff on Amazon, buying 15,000 hair curlers and, and testing them all out. But I, I see these people get hit just as much as the other ones. So what it really boils down to is understanding that Google's an algorithm. It does everything based on math. And there's certain algorithms that it, it targets for affiliate marketers. For one, if you have a high proportion of commercial content versus informational content, commercial content like best curling iron versus informational content, how to curl your hair before prom, if there's a if this ratio is off, they're just going to assume you're over monetized or over affiliated or I'm not sure what their what their motivation is, but I did a correlation study and found that yeah, sites with the worst ratio got hit worse. So I guess what it is, it's about awareness of what these algorithmic filters are, and that's staying tuned in. So finding out like who's knowledgeable in the community, following that person, joining a community, joining a group or something like that. What's a common mistake that you see other marketers making or perhaps have made yourself and what should people be doing instead? At least a mistake that I used to live by uh, when I was first starting out is like perfection. So I'd want that every bit on my website or web page is completely perfect. And that would increase my chance of like a piece of content getting exposure on Google and doing well. But then I started to see that if I, if I do a great job, not a perfect job, and reduce my chance of winning from 85% to 70%, but I can do things 10 times faster, then I could essentially grow a lot faster. It's kind of like if, if we were playing roulette and you had a 70% chance of winning a roulette, like the thing you should do is just play it a million times, right? And then you'll make the most money. So it's kind of like that concept. What are some of the key metrics that affiliate marketers should be tracking? And what tools do you use to track those? 
I mentioned before rank tracker. So what are your positions on Google? You also want to look at traffic. So that's Google Analytics. And yeah, another another good one to measure is like your, you know, your backlinks and your backlink authority, also known as domain authority or domain rating. And that's using a tool like Ahrefs. What should an affiliate marketer do from the beginning to make sure that they're set up to grow quickly? I think if you want to grow quickly, that means like you need people to write content and build backlinks for you. If you're doing everything yourself, you're just going to be gated by time. So that's what it would be like finding a good vendor or hiring your own writers and learning how to, to manage that process. You, like I mentioned at the beginning, you, you can be a one man show with affiliate marketing, but if you want to grow, you need to get some help. And it's also completely un- unsustainable to assume that you're going to be able to talk about routers, writing one piece of content per year, you're, you're going to burn out. How important is networking and making professional connections as an affiliate marketer? You know, you talk about, you've mentioned your network here. So, so I'm curious how important it is to build out that network. Man, so I love the networking part of things. Like with any industry, if you get good at something like and you, you have a camaraderie with people, it just feels better to work in something you're passionate about and to be able to share that with other people. But in SEO, it's super interesting because it's complicated and it's an algorithm and it's an algorithm designed by the the company with the most PhDs on the planet. And together you can start to piece together stuff. And together you can talk about war stories and what's worked and what didn't work. You can save yourself time. Like I mentioned, I have people that I share testing results with. And if, if we divide and conquer all the different things that you could test about the algorithm together, we can figure out the whole, right? Networking is super important, and you can just start online, social media groups. I, I recommend Facebook. I think Twitter is accessible for, for not just uh, SEO, but other reasons too. Reddit is okay, but I, I also just don't like like social media platforms where people can have just screen names and not use their real names because people can be quite toxic to each other, and especially to newbies. But if, if you have the chance, like in-person masterminds is where it's at, and uh, like every city has SEOs, so... Or you can just come to Chiang Mai, which is pretty much a mecca for SEO. How do partnerships factor into affiliate marketing and how important are they for an affiliate marketing company? Oh, yeah, Uh, it's a foundation. So every product you promote is a partnership, right? So if I decide I'm going to start working with so-and-so supplement company, well, I have to apply to them and get accepted to their program and work under their terms on how to promote them and stuff like that. But it's, it's not just that. The commissions you get at the beginning of any partnership, so to speak, are the rock bottom. So they start everyone off at 35%. But as you nurture that relationship and sell more for them, you you can go all the way up to 50%, 60%. So everyone needs to be looked at as a partner and have relationships if, if you if you want more commissions <laughs> you don't you don't have to if you don't want more commissions on that same note you know that means you can work you can work with everybody from a global brand to a solo entrepreneur uh, what are the pros and cons of affiliating with a small business versus a large company I like working with the startups so they startups understand the, the need and the desire for affiliate marketing because we're acting as salespeople for them and they need to get their name out and they need to grow it's the big brands like amazon.com doesn't care. It, it, they probably like don't even need affiliates anymore. They they probably only just keep the program open. Just I don't know. They, they don't get backlash because there's so many people in the in the Amazon Associates program. But that's also why the big brands give the worst uh, commission rates. Like yeah, like I mentioned, Amazon is at three percent. What's the best or most rewarding thing about being an affiliate marketer? What makes you passionate or ex- passionate or excited about your business? Freedom of time and location. I can do this 
whenever I want, wherever I want. I never need to talk to a client. I don't have bosses. Just complete freedom. Flip side of that, what's the most challenging or frustrating thing about the industry? About this industry? Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the things that really annoys me, there's polarity. Well, just like anything with humans, especially right now, is like there's polarity and people want to be part of a tribe. So they'll get behind an SEO methodology as if it were a religion. And that methodology or this these particular tactics might not be the most effective. And so it's it's sad to see that people are just getting all riled up because they want to be on a side and do SEO a certain way and then fight for it and be nasty to each other on the internet, where at the end of the day, if they just looked at the data and performed their own tests, you know, they'd be, they'd be more effective. Where do you see affiliate marketing going in the future and what should business owners be doing now to prepare? Every year, I feel that Google is making it harder and that they don't like affiliate marketers, especially since I started 2009, it always seems like it's getting more challenging, yet every year it's more lucrative. So I really have no comment on that because I think whatever I feel is just, it's just going to keep growing and people are going to make more money. What's your favorite business book and why? I'll give two. I like the four hour work week just for starting me down the path, but I would say the most practical that I'm using almost every week at least is who the A method for hiring. Matt, where can people find out more about you and some of the courses you offer and anything else you want to promote right now? Awesome. Yeah. So check out my YouTube channel, Matt Diggity. I'm posting weekly content there on SEO, affiliate marketing, so everything we just talked about. And yeah, if you want to check out the course, we have the Affiliate Lab, affiliatelab.im. And if you just want me to do your SEO for you, thesearchinitiative.com. Make sure you go check out Matt in all of those spots and also check out the Upflip YouTube channel where we have interviews on how to start a social media marketing agency. Also check out our blog for more business tips, strategies, and how to start your business. All the links in the resources section on our site and in the show notes for this episode. Matt, thank you again for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a bunch. 